Hello and welcome everyone to episode 146 of the App EVs podcast. I'm your host Chris Rogers and this week's episode focuses on the Aptera news for the period between January 7th and January 13th, 2024, which is going to be about an insightful interview with co-CEO Chris Anthony and chief designer Jason Hill. Hello everyone, I hope that you all had a great week. This week's episode is going to be about, uh, I guess it's a two-part interview, and it's from last month, and it comes from the YouTube channel, Talosive EV. And Talosive is a network of, and I think I'm saying that right, is a network of different YouTube channels, and they focus on a range of topics, including tech, music, gaming, and their EV-focused channel. They've actually done several videos on Aptera and I hadn't heard of them before but I, I imagine if you're on YouTube and you're looking for different channels that focus on Aptera this is this is one because you'll get a broader perspective on different topics that are relevant to electric vehicles and significantly for this podcast they did their they posted two videos um, one was a was focused on or they're, they're outside the the factory and they're speaking one-on-one with Chris Anthony and and Jason Hill. And then there was also a tour of the assembly facility. And so I'm gonna include the link to both in in the show notes. I'm mostly gonna be talking through the the one that's basically a a one-on-one discussion um, outside of the facility and those questions that that go through there, focusing on the highlights and, and the new pieces of information that I picked out from there. So starting with the the interview portion of it, um, there was a a discussion about the different uses for solar generation for the vehicle. Specifically, you know, what is going to happen if you know, what to do with potential overproduction of solar generation, and and the question was sort of asking about what's the the vehicle to grid or the V to G potential, which is something that I've been interested in because it, it's something that really elevates the. This, this doesn't just apply to Aptera. This applies to all electric vehicles. This is this is a massive opportunity for different policymakers to utilize electric vehicles in different ways. And Aptera is perhaps unique in that because of the solar charging, they will Aptera vehicles will have more capacity to provide uh, electricity electricity to the grid than any other electric vehicle, in, at least in theory. And you know, based off of the the comments from Chris and Jason, it sounds like Aptera is going to do what they can to enable this, and they're going to try to make it as cost effective as possible. But it sounds like this is something that is more down the line because of and and I mentioned I spoke about or I referenced policymakers, but there are regulatory hurdles that make vehicle to grid challenging. I mean, and there's a reason why. It's not as popular as it should be on paper. But in the interim period, before they get the full scale up of the vehicle to, to grid charging technology, I found Jason comments uh, about solar generation um, somewhat insightful. And I think it, it speaks to a feature that has been understated for the vehicle. That is basically what he's saying is like, all right, yeah, you know, you've got vehicle to grid, but maybe the the main purpose for the solar charging after compensating for the range of the vehicle is going to cover the power draw from different ancillary systems in the vehicle and so yeah recharging the battery and increasing the range 
that's great as well, but the different ancillary systems they're constantly draining the battery of of the vehicle and that's particularly exacerbated during during cold weather where you see the range drops significant for electric vehicles but with aptera you know you're you're basically going to be top you're going to be canceling out assuming you have sun exposure you're going to be canceling out that that power draw and so that's that's something just to to keep in mind that there's sort of the advertised range on paper um, i'm expecting that the real world ranges that aptera owners are going to find is it's going to basically be longer than the on paper range because there's not going to be that same drain from ancillary systems due to the solar charging and moving on the next topic that i thought was really really interesting was what i think is the first full explanation that I've heard for why Aptera is not going to have a front trunk or a frunk in the vehicle. I think initially there were conversations of it was maybe going to be there and then they moved away from it. And what the explanation is that Aptera is trying to put as much weight in the front of the vehicle as possible because that will help with the overall suspension and handling. And in the process of moving things forward, they needed that space that the frunk would take up and so it sounds like some of the hvac components as well as there are some other hardware components of the vehicle um, that they're basically the area where the frunk would be for aptera they need that if you have a larger vehicle you know there's they have a lot more space to to work around they're not as confined or as constricted as aptera is in terms of the overall shape of the vehicle and so they're they're not really they're not sacrificing any sort of suspension dynamics in in favor of the extra storage that you'd get for the frunk that is for other evs but for but for the aptera you know that they 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 just have limited amount of space and then as as jason hill points out there's also already a lot of storage space in the vehicle and so it's unclear what the practical value would be of of including a frunk other than the fact that that most EV or a lot of EVs have them and they they're they're really popular. You've got this rear storage, you've got the cargo bunk that's that's nested within the rear storage space. And so, you know, adding something that is maybe only going to be large enough for you to put a maybe a small six pack or something in there, it just didn't make a lot of sense to Aptera and that's why the frunk is no longer going to be included. I, I thought that was a, a great explanation and I was glad to to kind of you know basically put that discussion to bed. I mean, it, it basically also explains that there's no way that the frunk is ever going to come back because what they would have to give up for the vehicle is the costs are too high. The next topic that that's come up a lot are heat pumps and the Aptera. And you know, Chris and Steve Fambro they've touched on this topic before as to why there's not a heat pump in the the Aptera, even though. Again, on paper that they are—I guess it's just not on paper—they are more efficient in terms of overall power draw on the HVAC system for for a vehicle. But basically, the reason why they're not in the Aptera right now is because of the cost of development and the overall lead time that it it would require in order to add them to the vehicle at this stage. And so that statement itself—that's not new. But the reason why I wanted to bring it up is because I think that it is it's important to acknowledge the 
uh, I guess the cost of feature creep for for startups, especially for startup electric vehicle companies. I think it's perhaps one of the biggest reasons for the delays that you see in startups. You have a company that starts doing one thing and then maybe due to feedback from investors or from enthusiasts or because the company is looking around and seeing what other companies are doing, they decide that, oh, you know what, actually we want to add this extra feature too. And so Aptera, they could spend additional time uh, you know, every time they come across a, a slightly better technology, and heat pump is, is one example of that, they could they could invest in that, and it would result in a slightly increased range of the vehicle. But if they're going, if they started doing that, forget in 2024, they started doing that in 2023, then that means that they're going to have to push back the overall development time. They're, they're going to have to increase the the overall cost that it would take to develop. And so for something that's already able to go 250 miles with their smallest battery, it's if that's going to get them up to 265 or 270 miles, it, it just doesn't it doesn't make a lot of sense for them to make that change late in the process. Aptera is trying to get into production as soon as possible, and that means that they're going to have to make some 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 of these sacrifices, these short-term sacrifices, in terms of what is the maximum best possible available technology for any particular component and they'll they'll have to do that here and there as long as they get the big ones like the 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 composite the the hub motors you know the it, the heat pump is just not something that it's just lower on the list and chris also said something that, that i hadn't heard before um, about which also mitigates against the need for the heat pump a little bit but apparently a composite vehicle is more insulated than a, a steel or, or a metal vehicle. And if that's true, then, then it also means that the interior of the vehicle is going to be less impacted by the, the weather conditions, whether it be really hot or really, really cold outside. And that means that even though they're not using a heat pump, that it partially explains why the maximum power draw that's anticipated by their HVAC system it's still not that high because you know they're not you're not having this metal vehicle that's conducting heat in warm weather that's heating up the cabin and then requiring a really powerful air conditioning similarly you're not having this this um you know once you've heated up the, the cabin you're not just leaching that all away in in the winter time perhaps as, as much as well or um i think the the better way to say it is that once you heat up the cabin in the winter time you're not going to leach away that heat as quickly as you would in in a metal vehicle. And he he said that that's really interesting, but that's something that I'm I'm very eager to hear about the different user experiences. Once people start getting these on the road and start driving around in warmer and in colder climates, I'm curious if that actually pans out. If people start saying it's like, yeah, you know, um, for for whatever reason, it seems like the HVAC system for the Aptera, it just uses less energy or, or less electricity or consumes less than than other vehicles. You can't really figure out the reason why. And it seems like it's it's just that it's it's like a thermos. Um, you know, if, if anyone who's ever used a thermos before, you, you know, it's it's value, um, its ability to insulate and, and retain heat better. So that that's um, that's just one other benefit from the composites that I that I had known about before. Next up. There's a brief discussion of that in-air two video where 
they showed how you would add air to the the rear tire and they revealed that small little cover for in the rear wheel pants and i didn't i i had a question about this but apparently aptera has created a fixed air valve system for that rear tire so that it's always located near that opening in the in the rear wheel pants instead of attached to the edge of the tire and and revolving with with the tire or rotating with the tire and when i saw that video and i saw that there was that little slot in the wheel pants and i thought oh you know that's really convenient but i i thought you know does that mean that you're going to have to drive the vehicle a little forward or backward in order to get the the air valve to, to line up i was a little confused about that and the answer is a, is a definitive no that they've They've removed that challenge. They've made it so that it is it's in a fixed location, so that every time you open it up, you you just you you will automatically have access to the ear valve. So that's that's um yeah that that's one one question or mystery resolved. Um, and one other quick reminder that I think was said before is that Aptera has set the goal of accessing the front wheels of the vehicle within 30 seconds and access to the rear wheel in less than two minutes when it comes to servicing and that's rem fully removing the the wheel pants and so that acknowledges that yeah the rear wheel is more complicated than those front wheel pants but they're still focusing on you know basically removing all the that construction around it within two minutes and that that's a that's still pretty quick um moving on to other highlights from that that interview it they there was a conversation about when the range testing for the vehicle would occur. And it sounds like that should happen around March or April of this year. And that was briefly discussed during the investor webinar, but the reason why it's gonna take them a few months, even though they're fairly close to production intent builds, is that there are certain tests that Aptera has to do before they can start testing the range of the vehicle. Um, and so that, that means that they're testing the suspension and braking system once they do that then they will get on. Um, also of note, part of the reason that Aptera is in no hurry to complete the the sort of um, energy consumption and, and range testing on the vehicle is they apparently, they have a lot of faith in their, their modeling software, which has proven very accurate so far. And they're just, they just don't feel that it's a priority that, that oh, we need to confirm 100% that this is going to use 100 watt hours per mile and it's going to get 250, 400, 600, 1,000 miles of, of range. And, and that kind of, that, that says something without saying something that of all of the things that they're focused on, they, they don't care about proving out the, the range numbers um, as soon as possible. Which is interesting because as consumers, we've sort of been, it, anyone who's been following electric vehicles, we've sort of been trained to doubt the range statements that companies do. They'll tell you a number target, and by the time it gets in production, it's usually a, I want a fraction makes it sound too much, but it's usually some, a the range is less than what they originally said. In fact, the YouTube uh, personality, Marcus Brownlee, you know, there, he, you know, within the Aptera community, people were a little frustrated with him because he was expressing or skepticism with Aptera's projected range of their top of the line 1000 mile vehicle he basically he saw that and and was like yeah I'll, I'll believe it when i see it and that sentiment is coming from if you have been following electric vehicle companies they say oh yeah we're going to get 300 miles of range and then and then they don't deliver on that promise but aptera 
you know, what basically Chris said is like, yeah, you know, we're focused on the supply chain. And so we're not in a rush to get out there and, and prove that, yep, this is in fact is aerodynamic and it uses so little energy. And yes, it gets those those miles. It, it, it basically says that they are extremely confident in, in those numbers and the things that they're worried about and keeping them up in time are basically just getting sufficient parts in order to get or you know, securing the, the correct parts so they can build enough and fulfill their current level demand and, and reservations. Another interesting fact is that, um, you know, Aptera is, is planning to reuse vehicles. You know, this is in, on the topic of, of, of testing. You know, they're going to be doing some crash testing, but they're planning on reusing vehicles that are damaged in crash testing for different purposes, um, you know, provided that they're not damaged in, in, I guess, the wrong way. You know, the example of this is they're going to do some some crash tense testing with, you know, you know, front the front vehicle or the front of the vehicle. And when that front is completely smashed up, they're not going to drive that vehicle around anymore, but they can still use it in stationary tests like for the HVAC system of, of the vehicle. And, and that's just another way that they're they're trying to be more efficient with the number of test builds that they that they create. Um, the one of the last parts from from these two two videos, one the outside conversation and then in, inside of the assembly facility that I want to talk about was safety of the of the vehicle. You know, I've I've been I've been speaking about safety for a while and, and pretty much everything they talked about in in that conversation has been discussed before, but but um, Chris said a couple of things about carbon fiber that I thought was or about the vehicle that I thought was worth men- mentioning. The first was about the carbon fiber materials, which is that they can tune the carbon fiber so that it distributes loads in in a way that that moves, I guess, forces away from the driver. And that's something that you can do with carbon fiber, but you cannot do that with steel. And it, it creates a fundamental advantage for a carbon fiber vehicle over a, a steel vehicle. And so when you're thinking about, all right, this this 2,000 pound, 800, 1,800 pound, this very light vehicle that's, that's shaped oddly, how safe is it compared to all of these SUVs that you see on the road in the US? you have to factor in that all of these steel vehicles, they sort of crumple in a way that does not, uh, I guess, distribute forces away that the carbon fiber of the of the Aptera is going to do, which is, you know, the, the second part of, you know, apart from the distributing of the, the carbon fiber, you know, Chris's comment was basically that the Aptera is built more like a Formula One car than, than anything else. And so when you're thinking about, is this vehicle safe, in a way, you're thinking, well, are Formula One cars cars safe? Um, you know, those you know, naturally, this it's not going to be as safe as a Formula One car, which can protect drivers who are involved in crashes going 200 miles an hour. But there are certain design features that are protecting those drivers that are incorporated into an Aptera that are impossible to incorporate in any other vehicle that you see on the road, and so that 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 should help to i guess if you think about it and that concerns yeah it looks strange but formula one cars also look strange and they're also incredibly safe so hopefully all of their crash testing data will back that information up but it's also just something that you can use when you're talking to others about is this vehicle safe or not and and the last thing that i want to talk through from from these two videos um was in the in the the video where they were touring around the assembly factory um, 
and it was about the air vents in in the vehicle and previously it was revealed that there are air vents that are going to be attached to the center console screen as part of the the hvac system and during that factory tour uh, jason hill confirmed that there will be mechanical controls to adjust all of the vents in the hvac system you're still going to need to use the center console screen to turn it on and off and to adjust the flow of air to either go higher or lower in the cabin and so yeah there's still going to be that center console screen but the individual vents instead of having to use the screen to to kind of turn the direction and point them around there will be manual controls for for all of them which which i think again that that's that is that is great news i'm, I'm always excited about more mechanical manual controls that are in the vehicle that those are those those are based off the studies those are safer and 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 it's easier for people to figure out how to use them than than to have to stare at that screen um i'd highly recommend checking out both videos for the full discussion that they there there's a it's a overall it's a great interview and great conversation and there, there's a lot of little bits of information about the design tweaks and evolution of the vehicle over time up to the production intent video. And so check out those links in the show notes. And that concludes episode 146 of the AppDVs podcast. I hope you found this episode interesting. If you enjoy the podcast, please tell a friend so that we can continue to grow the Aptera movement. I also include my referral link in the show notes, which you can use for $100, or excuse me, you can use for $30 off your $100 refundable deposit on an Aptera. The AppDVs podcast is available on all major podcasting platforms, including Apple, um, Spotify, uh, Google currently for as long as that lasts, et cetera, et cetera. If you have any questions or feedback, including corrections, please send those to aptevspodcast at gmail.com. Thank you to OS50 for the song Movies, and in the words of Jeff Kanata, think about what you put out into the world, make it a better place. 